Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I'm going to cover some of the teases and speculation about what the Fort of the Damned is going to be for next month's update, as well as some news about upcoming events that Rare is going to be participating in, and a little bit of info about TwitchCon that happened last, this last week. All that and more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's talk about the weekly dev update video that gave us a tease about what's coming in the next weekly or excuse me, next monthly update for Sea of Thieves. And that's going to be the Fort of the Damned. And this isn't going to be arriving on the second week of the month. Uh, This is going to be the first time that they've had to push an update. And the update is expected to come out on October 16th. They've said that there's a lot of stuff that's coming with this update. And not all of it has made it into the insider's testing to be able to make sure that everything is working properly. Um, A lot of this, I think, comes down to them just trying to push in so much content for this update and kind of harkens to one of the fears that I have with this monthly cadence is we're either going to run into two things. One, either the monthly cadence is working out really well and everything's going awesome or two, things are going to get hung up with game development as it always does with any game that's being worked on and you're either going to have to push back the date or deal with some serious bugs. Two things that I know a lot of people aren't too big of a fan of. And to be perfectly honest, I, I'm i okay waiting because I would rather have it be smoother. But this does kind of put more pressure into the November update. Uh, as was recently talked about on the TwitchCon panel, the November update should have more stuff than the October update has. And the idea of this is that Rare has been releasing little updates uh, starting in July and slowly working themselves up to larger updates throughout the rest of the month. The problem that I see with this is that eventually you're going to hit a point where if they keep releasing more and more content with each monthly update, you're going to have to test it, it's going to take longer, and you're not going to be able to hit that date. So I'm hoping that this is one of the one-offs, that this isn't going to be something that they have to worry about with each following update. But with promises of more content to come in future updates, it's going to be really hard to see how they're going to manage that. Uh, As always, I hope that the team is taking into consideration their own personal like health and work life balance while they're making this content because it's it's great to have this stuff come out once a month. It's I think what they wanted to do originally back when they were talking about a roadmap uh, from last year. Last year, it felt like they really wanted to have big kind of cool updates once every quarter and that the updates in between would be enough to kind of keep people over uh, they, they wanted to do weekly updates then they made it bi-weekly and then eventually it was monthly and monthly seemed like it was a good time frame for people to kind of get most of the stuff done if they were playing the game pretty casually so not not too worried about the monthly cadence until we start putting more and more of the larger content that they normally would have had for each quarter into each monthly update. Um, We don't know specifically what's coming in with this update. A lot of people have been playing the Insiders build and have seen a lot of the stuff coming with it. But 
much like the last time we had an update in September or earlier this this month, we knew that there was stuff in the Insider build that didn't proceed into the actual uh, live retail copy. So not everything could be making it. They could be testing it for the November update, which I'm fine with as well. But this week to kind of focus in on what the Fort of the Damned will talk about or, or, or end up being it's going to be hard to say for sure until we get in there in the live server and see how it is in its finished product. But it's fair to assume that it's going to be something that will look like the Fairy of the Damned, but be a stronger fort for us to go and take over, uh, or at least something that will pop up. It's interesting to it's interesting to kind of listen to what what is being talked about in a couple different areas. So I know I wanted to talk about the weekly dev update video, but uh, I want to pull in some information that we got from John during TwitchCon on the panel on Sunday. Uh, so what he was talking about then was how they want to have more of an opt-in setting for, for content. And I think what they're talking about deals with this Fort of the Damned. Um, it's clear that Rare has stated that they aren't making a new zone. So I'm going to, I'm just going to rule out that we're getting any new content for, uh, for, for the October release. I think them saying that this is going to be like another version of the Festival of the Damned means that it will most likely take place in the regular world in adventure mode and that we will just see something that is more like the Fairy of the Damned, but in a fort style. It's unclear right now how lights and colors will, will factor into the fort. With the Festival of the Damned, we were introduced to the Well of Fates in the Fairy of the Damned. Or actually, was it the Well of Fates? I think it was, yeah, I think it was the Well of Fates. Yes, it was. And the way that you could get a different color was by dying a certain way. So say if you got eaten by a shark or you drowned, uh, then you would you would turn blue uh, or you would get a blue light. And if you were killed by a snake or a venom ball, then you'd get a purple light. If you were killed by another pirate, you'd get a pink light, so on and so forth. Based on the little bit of information that we have, it's safe to assume that we are going to be dealing with an opt-in way of playing this Fort of the Damned. It's unclear if it's just going to be one fort or two forts or maybe three fourths or all of them on how you'll actually uh, be be doing this because I don't know if they're going to replace one of the forts altogether or if it's just going to spawn different skeletons. But I do imagine that they will tie in the colors of the lantern to start the event. Um, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to find out if they add new ways of getting new colors. Uh, typically, a lot of people don't like getting the red or white ones because it involves either getting killed by a volcano or struck by lightning in a storm, both of which can be very hazardous to your ship. Uh, we don't know if they will reintroduce any um, of the beacons that we had to light during the original Festival of the Damned, uh, or if it's strictly going to be focused in on this fort. I would imagine that we would probably see some extra content uh, that, that comes along with this. Um, specifically, the banjo is still a questionable item that has yet to make it in the game, even though we saw that at uh, Gamescom this last summer, 
in the arena build that they brought to to play uh, play with. Um, I'm trying to think. Fire is still in the air. We don't know quite what what's going on with that, um, and we're also trying to understand a little bit more about what's going to happen with Stitcher Jim and the mysterious stranger on I-13, the unmarked island, uh, where she has been drawing a lot of sketches lately, and Stitcher Jim is now part of the Bilge Rats. Uh, I would imagine that we are probably going to be seeing a lot of commendations revolving around the Festival of the Damned, uh, or, oh man, the Fort of the Damned. I'm doing it too. God, Joe, ugh. I, I, I'm not even going to edit that out. It's not worth it. The Ford of the Dam. It'll be cool to see because uh, I, I'm curious to know how much time we're going to have to do this, being that they are planning on putting this out for the 16th of October. Uh, so it's going to be a Wednesday. It's a week later than normal, so we won't have as much time if the content update in November comes out during the second Wednesday of that month. The, how that all works out. Uh, maybe they could actually just have some overlap as far as the time-limited uh, cosmetics and give us a full, a full extra week to do it so we have till the third week of November to complete that instead of just three weeks. And that way the uh, stuff that comes out in November will start on the second week of November and in that way, we'll just actually get some overlap in the commendations. So maybe maybe that's one way they could actually go about doing it. But it's it's still pretty hard to say um, just what the what the easiest way to make sure that everyone has an equal amount of time to complete this is because as it is, the rag and bone crates are now going to be going for a week longer, supposedly. So I would anticipate that the update getting pushed for October means that it will be uh, an extra week to be able to get those rag and bone commendations. Uh, hopefully you have gotten them. I'm pretty close now. Uh, I know last week I hadn't gotten a lot of them done. I've, I've since managed to get a fair few of those done. I think I just have a couple more to turn in of the regular crates and a few more to steal or at least find on the island. So if anyone's out there and you dig up ones you don't need, feel free to leave those on Shipwreck uh, Bay for me. That, that would be awesome. Shipwreck Island. No, Shipwreck Bay? I think it's Shipwreck Bay. Yeah. Uh, feel free to leave those just laying around for me because I, I would definitely appreciate the uh, the consideration. I don't, I don't, they don't have to be on time. I'll take the gold for it. But um, one interesting thing that I did want to mention about the rag and bone crates since I'm on the topic is the idea of having time-restricted items that you have to turn in. And if this mechanic is something that could be brought forward to other aspects of the game, uh, say like the gold hoarders or the order souls, uh, merchant things like that. Right now with the voyages from Duke, if you grab crates uh, and turn those into the outposts on time, you're rewarded with doubloons. And that's actually a fairly good way to actually earn doubloons for the next event. Uh, because the voyages are free to buy, it's less of a it's it's less of a way to um, have to worry about not getting your full investment out of what you get from the voyage because it didn't it didn't actually cost you anything. But I'm wondering um, if you can actually do this for other stuff in the game. So say you start a gold hoarder voyage and gold isn't the currency of, of choice. Uh, the, the actual 
um, doubloons are in this instance. So say if you turn in these chests and you get the voyage done before a certain time, say there's a time limit for them, then you'll actually be paid to Duke. Uh, you'll be paying those off to Duke and he'll give you doubloons and uh, Duke will then give them to the gold hoarder in the back channels that he uses to talk with them and they will unlock it and get their gold from the chest. And that could be a way that we try to manipulate the amount of gold that's being earned in the game without necessarily having to add um, uh, supply crates or extremely expensive cosmetics for gold. If if there's something, say, you want that you, you want to get the gold from it, then you only have to wait uh, after a certain amount of time. And I could see... I could see that backfiring. So let me let me take a couple steps back. Let's let's back up here a couple seconds and let's modify that. Let's say that an easier way to do this would be to give person give someone the option. Say you want to get doubloons, then you would turn the turn the skulls or the chests into duke or a bilgerat representative and they give you a certain amount of doubloon value for that. Or you could take them to the actual merchant and give them uh, and get gold from them. So if in this instance you're you're basically using Duke as a medium for a currency exchange, and that way you're not actually having to um, you're not actually having to get get just gold for items that you you find along the way, but you could actually use them to get doubloons, which supposedly are going to be a, a more coveted. Um, uh, a currency for the future as we get more and more cosmetics through the black market so what do you think about that do you think that's a good idea do you think it would be uh, kind of cool if we were going to get rewarded for stuff uh, by either turning it into duke for doubloons and then he'll give it to the the, the respective um the respective people uh, uh the the trade companies or you could just give it to the trade companies and get the full reputation and gold from it um i don't know how you would work out the reputation with uh the the with the actual with turning it into duke maybe you would get less repu reputation for it or maybe you'd get equal i imagine equal would probably be the easiest thing but i could imagine that being um that kind of what am I trying to say? It would it would basically de-emphasize the need to necessarily go through the trade companies and just take everything to Duke. And I don't know that they want to do that uh, story-wise. So um, to kind of summarize my thoughts, uh, instead of turning stuff in just to merchants, you would or just to trade companies, you would turn it into Duke and get doubloons instead of gold, or you could just turn it into the trade companies and get gold for it. Um, I think that would be a pretty good idea of how to kind of play around with the idea of not necessarily because not a lot of people and my thinking behind this is not a lot of people really want to go out and hunt down reapers chests, but they are OK doing regular voyages for uh, commendations that give them doubloons for purchasing cosmetics. And if you're going to start shifting a lot of your items to doubloon cost for for events and stuff, then you have to try and think of a better way of supplementing that. And I think the rag and bone crates being turned in on time, giving you doubloons or turned in um, outside of the time, giving you gold is a new strategy. Uh, how you plan on getting 
currency. You you can turn it into Duke or you can turn it into trade companies, depending on how you want to uh, divvy up your your cosmetics. So that way, maybe you get like a fort treasure uh, or, or, you know, treasure from a fort and some of it you want to use to get gold, some of the higher items. And some of it you want to use to get doubloons. So you turn in the smaller trinkets, uh, crates of sugar, you know, castaway chests, barrels, things like that. You can turn into Duke and get doubloons for, but a smaller, smaller uh, uh, amount. What do you guys think? You think that would work? You think you think everything would go crazy if that that came into being? Or do you think we could actually make that make that happen? Next up on today's docket, let's give you guys a little bit of heads up of some of the stuff that we did find out from Joe during the dev update video as well. Uh, this New York Comic Con, that's Thursday, October 3rd through Sunday, October 6th. The uh, Sea of Thieves team is going to be present and they're going to have a panel covering some of the news and discussion around making tall tales some of the the behind the scenes stuff on that uh and they're they're going to be um having oh no no sorry I th i'm i'm reading ahead uh they're they're wanting to cover some of that information so i imagine that once that comes and the panel actually happens, I will probably be covering that in next week's episode when we find out a little bit more of some of the cool info that I'm sure Mike is going to dish out. Uh, and then on the October the 17th uh, through October 20th, EGX is happening over in London, in England. So if you plan on going to EGX, uh, Rare will be there present. They It looks like they are doing a panel there and they're going to have uh, Mike Chapman and Robin Beanland uh, talk about storytelling through music on Saturday, uh, something that I think is is kind of cool. And one thing that I didn't know until I started digging into some of the information, um, parents, pirates who have uh, kids, if, if you're planning on going to EGX, uh, if your kids are under 10 years old, they actually get in free uh, when, you, when you pay for a ticket for an adult. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. So uh, EGX, that's coming October 17th through the 20th. Uh, New York Comic Con's coming through October 3rd through the 6th. So plenty of stuff down the line that Rare is going to be participating in to give everyone an opportunity, both in England as well as in the States, uh, to be able to see the, the team there, say hi, uh, show your appreciation, offer some ideas to the, the Rare crew about Sea of Thieves, uh, and just kind of represent your, your piratey love. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about one of the things that came out of TwitchCon this last weekend, and that's going to be the partner program. Now, recently we got the Creator Cruise, and that afforded everyone an opportunity to start earning gold and doubloons while building up a community and your uh, way of streaming on Mixer, YouTube, and Twitch so that you can actually start uh, building up a community of your own. And a lot of people jumped in on this. A lot of people started streaming for the first time. A lot of them wanted to get the, the, the very rare sales for the Creator Crew stuff, as well as uh, the gold and doubloons that comes with having people watch your stream or watching someone stream it as well. Now, 
the Sea of Thieves Partner Program is a little bit higher up on that tier. And this is something that's been in the works for quite a while, something that uh, I know some good friends of have been involved with for uh, some time now that they've said, and that it's something that will help kind of uh, promote and reward some of the people that have well-established communities and to help kind of give back to those community members and act as a kind of verified uh, a way of giving people an opportunity to talk directly to the devs through that community. So the, the partner program is good for established streamers um, who are already playing the game and are already part of the creator's crew. So what do you have to do to get into this if you aren't already part of it? Well, for streaming, you need to have at least 15 hours of Sea of Thieves streamed per month. Uh, you need to have at least 10,000 viewings uh, out or viewing hours per month. Um, and I think what that means is I'm not even sure how how they work that out. Maybe that's something that they actually are working with Twitch and Mixer to find out like how many people are watching your stream and the number of hours that that is going on. Uh, you need to be professional. You need to be interactive. So you need to, to make sure that, you know, you aren't doing stuff that would um, get you basically treat it as if you were at work if you were at work is this something that would get you written up or fired if, if it is then they probably won't uh, look at that too kindly if you're trying to become a partner for sea of thieves uh, you miss, must be able to be uh, one of the creator crews and you must be able to abide by the community code and conduct something that i know a lot of people already are so those last two aren't too too big of a deal the biggest thing is definitely um whatever the ten thousand views viewing hours per month is um i stream uh when i can i i've been trying to stream at night when i get off work which is morning for uh uk and europe um and and that seems to be working well so i'm going to be trying i usually average somewhere between 12 and 15 hours uh, a month so that really shouldn't be a problem for me i don't know if that equates to 10,000 viewing hours per month but i'm going to be trying uh, the other way to get into this uh, partner program, if you are, um, say, a YouTube creator, uh, you're making videos or, or you have uh, VODs, you need to have at least 20,000 subscribers. You need to have at least 3,000 daily average views, uh, regular video uploads that are judged on a case-by-case -case process, and you have to be able to be in the creator crew and you also have to be able to abide by the community code of conduct. So... I'm definitely not going to be able to hit that second one. Uh, these, these, as far as I understand it, are either. Uh, you can either be a streamer or you can be a, a, a YouTube creator. You can either one of those. You can apply for this partner program. Um, should you meet the requirements for this, you're eligible for the partner program consideration. Uh, now, bear in mind, this is an, an actual uh, consideration. You have to submit yourself for inclusion, at which point they'll review the candidates on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, they're not guaranteeing that once you apply that you'll get in. And I'm, I'm going to be applying for this because I really want the perks. Um, I don't know if the podcast has enough 
uh, clout. Like I don't, I don't know if I can use my podcast numbers to help supplement the the lower streaming and VOD numbers, if if that makes sense. Like I I, I don't know if I can show them my numbers for the the podcast and be like, here, look at this. Uh, I don't do streaming, but I do enough podcast work that I know that that it should help me get closer to that partner program. Um, I'd love to be a part of that. The The perks, let's talk about the perks. So say you wanna become a partnered streamer or a partnered uh, YouTube creator for Rare uh, with Sea of Thieves. What, what does that get you? Well, you get VIP support. Uh, you get studio contact. You get behind the scenes access and info. Uh, you get merch packs which that's kind of crazy. Uh, the idea of actually getting like merchandise packs. Um, you get ancient coins every month uh, and, and you get uh, giveaways that are codes and merch. So not only are they giving you ancient coins so that you can actually purchase some of the stuff for the microtransactions, which I, I honestly getting those would be cool but because I plan on buying a lot of that stuff anyway, I imagine if, I don't know how they do it. I don't know if it's something that they would just attach to your account. If it's a code, then that's just one more thing that I can use to give away for, for people to, to listen to the podcast. They are giving away codes and merch though. So I, they may actually allocate that enough for, for being able to do that for, for that. Because I, there was a point when I talked to Rare and I asked if I could get some codes for some of the Obsidian packs and I use those in my Discord as a giveaway. I haven't wanted to press that that request button too many times. I've only done it once. I don't want to push it because I don't want to I don't want to annoy or get anyone in trouble at Rare. Um, having the partner program would actually be a, a better way for me to get this so that I can give stuff away for everyone. Um, inclusion in the partner directory uh, on the official website. So you can actually see like who's actually considered a partner. Uh, there's collaboration opportunities as well as regular loot drops uh, for the, the Twitch drop. So if you are a streamer and you do um, um, drops, so I imagine they might have like mixed pot or drip Twitch drops uh, as, as just regular things. So if, if Rare decides to do the Obsidian Cannons again uh, and you want an opportunity to do that, being a Twitch partner will give you the opportunity to stream so that people can watch your stream to earn credit towards those really kind of a cool thing you will also get priority show and event access which that's kind of awesome I, <laughs> if, if i could get actually to go to shows and not have to pay for the ticket i just got to figure out how to get there and and, and live and you know be rent a place that would be awesome because uh that's been harder and harder as time has been going on and you also get early access to promotional materials which that's that's actually the big thing for me right there. Early access to promo materials. Doing the podcast gives, gives me an opportunity to really kind of like take everything that goes on during the week and actually talk about that. Uh, the stream, I get to talk with people, but getting early access to promotional materials helps me prepare better for each episode. Um, it also gives me more information. There's a lot of stuff that I learn while I'm testing out in the insiders, but because of the NDA, I talk around that on a regular basis. I talk around a lot of stuff that I know is coming that I don't, I don't want to talk about because it's, 
it's well for one it's nda and for two it's a spoiler so the i i spend a lot of time not doing a lot of the content on the insiders because i do talk about that and when i when i do find out about it when i do actually play that i want it to be fresh i want it to be exciting and i want to have uh, a, a good impression and not a a kind of buggy experience with it and then just assume that that's how it's going to be because things could change in live uh things could change all the time in the live game and i don't want to have a a misrepresented impression of what i played on the insiders to reflect my feelings on what happens in the actual game so having access to promotional materials will help kind of make me uh, a little bit more prepared for stuff when it comes down the line it'll help me uh, kind of gussy up the or gussy up uh, dress up the the streams a bit um, if I if I have some stuff to do or, or ways to help kind of improve that with the creator crews we got an awesome uh, asset pack that I've started to implement in some of my stuff with the sounds and whatnot. I really love those sounds. I would love to have more sounds. Being a partner would hopefully give me some contact uh, to be able to talk with the devs and see about getting some more ambient noise that I can put into the, the actual podcast uh, in different places, maybe some custom bumpers and stuff. So if you want to um, actually sign up for this, then all you have to do is send them an email uh, it's, it's all, I'll, I'll actually have the pr partner program link in the show notes. So if you want to go to actually check this out for yourself, uh, you can always go to seeathieves.com slash news slash announcing dash partner dash program with an E, uh, or you can click on the link in the show notes and that'll take you directly to it as well. Congratulations, by the way, to all of my friends that made it into the partner program. I know veterans of the podcast, uh, Captain J from the Crow's Nest and uh, Captain Falcor from Falcor's uh, uh, YouTube channel have both announced that they are in part of uh, in the partner program. So really excited for them to kind of take this on and be the the uh, the, the guinea pigs for this program and, and test it out and make sure that's a little bit easier going for future content partners, uh, hopefully myself included, um, for that. Next up on today's docket, I wanted to talk a little bit about gold. So do you guys remember back in oh gosh when was it it was the guardian con uh the battle for orlando when they were actually uh doing the arena fight and one of the members uh gunny 629 won the battle for orlando but was so impressed by a father-daughter pair that he decided to donate his gold xbox one sea of thieves edition to them uh, is kind of a, a, a well done for doing so well in the game. So Phil and Emma are the father-daughter couple. And just recently on the 24th, uh, Cameron Thomas, one of the senior community managers at Rare, sat down and had a community spotlight interview with them, talking about their likes, their dislikes, some interesting things they learned uh, about the battle, battle for Orlando, as well as some tips for pirates uh, going into Arena. And it was interesting because this came most recently after a tweet from uh, Special Effect. Uh, special Effect is one of the the 
fund or um, one of the nonprofit organizations in the UK that is dedicated to bringing accessibility for gamers uh, to be able to give them an opportunity to play using the Xbox adaptive controller. Uh, one of the things that I saw that was kind of interesting about the most recent tweet from them is that Sea of Thieves uh, had a, a, a rare actually uh, donated, Joe and the team donated um, six of the Xbox One consoles that are the gold gold-plated Xbox One con console, so the controller and the actual Sea of Thieves, they were actually uh, donated to Special Effect to help raise money for a very special Sea of Thieves auction. Now, the um, it looks like the auction ends in on October 4th, uh, one special day. Um, there are, it looks like there's gold-plated Xbox One, Sea of Thieves 4K console, rare plus art and figurine. Oh, so you actually get art and the gold hoarder uh, Tataku figure with these. Um, current bid right now is uh, $255. There's 22 bids and there's a lot of people watching this. Uh, it looks like all of this is designed around giving people an opportunity that if you want to donate to special effect, uh, helping their organization bring, um, uh, bring bringing adaptive controllers and setups for people to be able to play games who are currently disabled. Uh, if you want to help out with that and you want to get one of these gold-plated Xbox One Sea of Thieves consoles, then I will have a link to the eBay in uh, .co.uk uh, bid for this. Um, it is in pounds, so 255 in in American is going to be a little bit closer to like 270, 280 uh, American. So I, I think it's really awesome that Rare is, again, reaffirming their commitment to helping and promoting in the community, uh, as well as bringing diversity and inclusion to gamers oh, as a whole. It's, it's awesome. Uh, one of the things that I, Joe, I, I, I always think Joe does a really good job of is talking about inclusion, building community, being honest, being transparent, having all these things that that really kind of make them a, a studio that I think other studios should really emulate. So many times I think uh, companies make a game and they they things may not go well for launch. Uh, I know I know Sea of Thieves was running into a lot of trouble when they first launched the game because they weren't anticipating the amount of interest in it. Plus with it being the first party title to come to Game Pass, uh, a lot of people jumped in without pre-purchasing the game. So they even had a, a rough start at the beginning and the first month of the game was very, very hard for them to actually do uh, a, a lot of good work on, but they constantly released updates, they constantly improved and they constantly updated us. Wow, stuff has just fallen. It's been a weird day. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that I think Rare is constantly doing things right in. And I, I would love to see other companies um, really kind of take this approach, especially with transparency. So many times games like Anthem, uh, they, they, release a con they release content, it doesn't go well, and they kind of retreat uh, and they, they go back. They don't really address anything for people and they say that they're going to start working on things and making things better, but they aren't they aren't talking with the community. They aren't keeping the idea of their game alive. And since uh, a lot of people have turned away from Anthem because of the way it was done. Uh, we don't know how much involvement EA had with that. 
but it definitely feels like the the constant amount of content that is coming from that studio is uh, helping reassure that they are constantly looking. I've been saying constantly a lot. Sorry, I just realized uh, they're they're uh, consistently releasing content. They're uh, being persistent about making that content interesting and trying to work out the bugs that come with introducing new stuff into the game, while also addressing some of the current concerns from the the actual community. Now, obviously, we're talking about a team of of uh, I want to say two hundred addressing the concerns of literally millions of gamers that all have their own ideas and their own perspective on what the game should have and what the game should be. So trying to sort through all of that and come out with some big things that they can put into the game to help is always going to be tough. And it's hard to criticize them for uh, you know, not necessarily doing the thing that we want them to do because we think that our, our thought is the collective right right thing to have and I know that kind of flies in the face of me saying that um, that 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 they should do uh, uh, in-game crates that you can purchase for gold I understand like that like me saying that that should be a thing and me expecting it to happen doesn't correlate with with what they should actually do uh, to, to make sure that the gold economy is taken care of but that's kind of a weird soapbox thing that I don't necessarily want to drudge up for like the third episode in a row um, and to get back to this uh, again, it's it's so cool to see that, that that Joe and the team have really just you know they didn't have to donate these these consoles for for auction to help raise money for special effect, but the fact that they did is just such a, a an, an awesome thing that I can't wait to to see if they can start applying this to something that's maybe a little more affordable that can affect more people because at the end of the day this is great but um this is what looks to be like six consoles just based on the the images from special effects tweet um i i still think it would be great and and hopefully joe listens to this hopefully joe is is catching this information but i really do want to harken back to um some of the different charities that we could help support through building cosmetics that are being purchased through the pirate emporium uh, to help to help use some of that that proceeds to go towards those charities and help support them that way uh, as opposed to, to just focusing in on a, a limited number of items that people can donate and hope that those items go for a high bid um, it's, it's proven time and time time and time again that microtransactions are a great way for people to start supporting a game in a small amount of of money but when you're talking about seven eight million gamers if they all buy a six dollar parakeet that's a lot of money that's going into the game uh or into the company to to be able to help support the the actual game and i know a lot of people have gone out and bought pets it's been really nice to see that and i can't wait to see if we can start channeling some of that goodwill that we have for the the company and the studio so that they can continue making this awesome game that we love and start directing it towards uh charities um that that we want to to get that kind of help financial support to help kind of further their 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 uh, goal their drives what, what they're working on to help kind of better the world and if we can use gaming to better the world i'm all for that i love it i love the idea of it so um i think that's about it for 
news. I'm going to take one quick peek here at the notes. Did I miss anything? Oh, um, if you didn't listen to the episode that came out earlier this week, uh, I put out the first episode of what I'm calling Keelhauled Shore Leave. Uh, go back and listen to that if you'd like to hear me talk about the PlayStation Sony um, state of play as well as the Inside Xbox event and some thoughts on Zelda. Uh, I'm still playing through Zelda. Uh, I haven't dive, uh, haven't dove into uh, Ori and the Blind Forest quite yet because I wanted to get home where I could actually sign into my Xbox account so that I could actually start earning achievements for that game for my gamer score. How silly is that? I'm playing a game poorly but I'm waiting till I can get home so I can log on onto the Wi-Fi so I can actually uh, link up my, my Microsoft account and uh, play Ori the Blind Forest so I can get those achievements uh, without having to play through it multiple times. But um, yeah, so that, that episode, uh, like I mentioned on there, it's going to be infrequent, uh, but when it does happen, it will not be uh, in a, in, it will not be supplanting a normal Keelhaul podcast episode uh, just sh- just for the sake of not talking about Sea Thieves. Sea Thieves will always be something that comes out uh, every week and anything that's extra is just going to be a bonus. Um, but one of the things, the reason, I, I have a reason why I brought that up. One of the reasons why I brought that up was because they talked about Sea of Thieves. And every time, every time Microsoft mentions Sea of Thieves, I get excited because I know that they love the game and I know that they support the game. But it's still nice to hear uh, in the inside uh, uh, Xbox that they're they're continuing to support the game because I I don't know if it's maybe just my myopic brain that that sees uh, an American company based in 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 the United States uh, building shooters for for a console. And I worry that, you know, Sea of Thieves being across the pond in the UK isn't going to get attention because while they are a first party studio, they aren't making shooters uh, the way like Gears is or the way that, um, you know, we're expecting a, a Halo in uh, for Scarlet and stuff like that. So anytime I hear Sea of Thieves from from Microsoft, I just get excited because I'm just like, yay, that's that's the, that's the game that I play. And, I, and I'm glad and I'm happy that they're bringing it up because it's going to bring more people to 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 pay attention to it and be like, hey, you know, this is a this is a really great game. It's a really fun game. You should really be playing this. You should get your friends off of Destiny and come play this. Yes, I know Destiny's having the the shadow thing coming out on October. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'll have time for that. But they talked about Sea of Thieves in the context of Project X Cloud. Now, I'm I'm excited for Project X Cloud for two reasons. Uh, one, I want to see if it does well. How that will impact um, people talking about uh playing on a controller versus mouse and keyboard i want to know how how people will approach that and if they'll if they'll be upset that they're playing on controller when they normally play on a mouse and keyboard and how that experience translates Uh, i don't know if many pc people will actually be playing this on their phone um, or if they're just one you know it's like pc master race uh ben shaw's thing and um the other thing that I want to find out about this is if this is possible, if if Microsoft is going to be kind of um, focused in on making Project X Cloud work for them, or if there's ever a chance that Rare will get the go ahead to have this set up uh, for the Switch, because if 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 I'm being honest, if I wanted to play Sea of Thieves. I would much rather it be on a more power. Well, 
I guess I'm in the wrong. I'm, I guess I'm in the wrong audience for this because my phone is not only an iPhone, but it's also a very old iPhone. I, I still use my 6s plus. Uh, so I'm sure if I had a newer, like you know, Pixel 3 or the new Samsung or the the new iPhone 11, I'm sure if I had one of those, uh, I probably wouldn't be talking about this. But the form factor of the Switch, it's always with me. I always pick it out and I always play when I can to to kind of jump into something. But I would love to be able to jump into Sea of Thieves at any given time and be able to sail around, grab some treasure, dump it off uh, without having to carry a, a set controller in my bag. Because as, as much as I love you know, my Sea of Thieves controller, I don't want to take that out of the house uh, and stuff it in a backpack because I don't have a case for it. Uh, I don't want to risk using it too much, but I, I also love my Switch, so I want to use my Switch more than I want to use just my Xbox controller because I don't want that to die. But it's something that's going to be coming in beta. Um, sea of Thieves is going to be available for Android users uh, during October. You can sign up for it um, on Microsoft's websites. They've got a couple uh, links. If you if you want that link, I believe I put it in the show notes uh, for these the Shore Leave episodes, so just drop back into the the last episode in the feed and check out the patch note or the show notes for that you'll be able to, to log in that way i just wanted to make sure that in case anyone saw the shore leave episode saw that it wasn't about sea of thieves and, and avoided it that at least you got the information that you can sign up if you have an android phone in um where did they say it was going to be it was going to be england it was going to be the united states and it was going to be korea I can't remember if that was something that was coming to Canada as well, um, but I, I think it was just the United States. Uh, so hopefully um, this is something that works out well, that it goes smoothly and that they can progress faster and start opening opening it up to other uh, devices as well as other territories as well. Uh, I would love for people to uh, try this out and then write into me, send me an email, let me know what you think. How was it? How did it play? What device were you using? Was it bad? Was it good? Did you, did you have a weird time trying to carry around a controller or did you just uh, use it while you were in the living room next to your, your, uh, your, your kid while they were playing on the big TV or did you put up the, 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 the Android device? you know, for the kid and, and you get the big TV. How did it go? Let me know. I'm really curious to see how this Project X Cloud thing works out because I love the premise, but I don't like the idea of having to carry around a spare controller. I'd much rather just have my Switch. Um, and with that, I think we're gonna move into Captain's Log. It's been a while. Last item on today's docket, Captain's Log. This last weekend, I had an awesome time. Uh, I had Captain Blackheart reach out to me and plan up a time on Saturday to be able to sail with uh, Chateau and uh, Calico from the Keelhaul Discord. Uh, we picked up a galleon and we went out sailing for at least four hours. It was at least four hours for sure. And man, did we have uh, an awesome time. Um, we worked on in a, a Devil's Roar Athena, and that actually went fairly smoothly. We didn't we didn't necessarily have too many problems actually working on that. Uh, we we didn't actually run into problems until we had finished that up, and we were working on a sea post to sea post mission where we had to go up to actually the Wild Treasure Store. Uh, we went up to the Wild Treasure Store after we had sunk a ship over at Ancient Spire Outpost after picking up a, uh, there was a galleon at Ancient Spire and there was a, there, it was crazy, there was actually a shipwreck 
with a reaper's chest not more than like maybe a couple galleons length away from the actual island we were actually kind of surprised and we realized that the reason why they weren't going for it was because they had just spawned in at ancient spire which was strange because we had actually seen a, a galleon there earlier and there was a galleon out in the devil's roar with us but they never they never approached us so we didn't bother messing with them we just kept gathering treasure um we we sunk the ship and we killed the people over at Galleon's Grave and we started sailing up north into the wilds to get to the wild treasure store. Uh, lo and behold, we were actually attacked by a fairly competent sloop crew. Uh, one of them was a, a hunter of the, the Shrouded Ghost and the other one was an Athena legend uh, who, who was a, a, a stealer of Athena's, Athena's fortune. Uh, so both of them had been playing the game for quite a while. Uh, they were both very, very good. Uh, they had a very good border and they had a very good uh, uh, cannoneer and, and um, uh, helmsman. And the four of us fought this sloop for what felt like a good half hour uh, we would trade shots, they would trade shots, they would have someone board and manage to drop our anchor, uh, thus giving the sloop an opportunity to maneuver around us and get some good shots in. And there were definitely a few times where uh, um, we had gotten a chance to actually get onto their ship and actually kill them. And we knocked down the mast, we had the ship full of holes, they were almost done, and one of them popped back on, killed one, uh, the other one popped back on and killed us, and they managed to get their ship and keep it afloat for quite a while and in fact that the thing that actually managed to sink them was we had laid hard into their ship after we had dropped a barrel uh chateau had grabbed a, a, a gunpowder barrel had kegged them they we dropped their anchor and all four of us actually had to be on the sloop or at least going towards it to actually kill them enough times to where we could sink the ship and man, I gotta say, I was really impressed with that crew. They did a great job. Uh, they held their own and they didn't have any treasure with them, which was, was kind of the bummer because we had worked so hard to actually keep our stuff. Bear in mind, this was, this was actually, we still had um, all of our treasure on there. Like we, we were sailing north, we got attacked by a Kraken or not the Kraken, we got attacked by a Megalodon. We killed the Megalodon, and we were about to get the treasure when the sloop came in and started attacking us. So we had to ditch out on the Megalodon treasure, which I really wanted uh, for the sake of saving everything else. And that included the Devil's Roar Athena that we had picked up. We, we actually had that and a whole bunch of other stuff stacked on the ship, and we were going to go turn it in after we did the sea post to sea post. Uh, thankfully, they didn't grab any of it. We had a whole bunch of really good trophy fish that we got from shipwrecks earlier that were all sitting in the barrels, and they didn't have enough time to grab uh, any of that stuff either, so I was really happy about that. We got to the wild treasure store, and as we were getting to the wild, or no, we were still on our way to the wild treasure store, now that I think about it. And the sloop had actually come back. Uh, they sailed back. They actually managed to grab a crate of cannonballs and a crate of planks. And they were, they were going to come and attack us again. Uh, when we managed to kind of, they, they had to drop anchor because they were about to hit an island as we were kind of circling around each other. Uh, they went around and they were about to pass us. And I managed to get a really lucky harpoon and I held them in place 
and our boat and their boat just scraped up against each other and most of the damage that we took was repairable but it afforded the rest of the crew an opportunity to jump aboard and kill their pirates or kill the pirates and the the amount of damage that we did just two ships grinding against each other uh, they sank fairly quickly and they had completely restocked us with those two uh, crates the the funny thing that happened after that was when we actually did get to the wild treasure store we grabbed the the crates and they were for brian's bazaar which is one of the the hardest ones for people to get uh crates to go to and they started to actually um we started to sail over there and it wasn't until uh I had actually dropped and we came back. I, I got a bug from the wood crate to the to the wood barrel and I couldn't use my, my UI, so I had to log out and log back in. And it wasn't until we started getting closer towards Galleon's grave that we realized that someone was actually on the ship. Uh, one of the other pirates had actually stowed away in the bottom deck and they knew what we were planning to do. They knew that we were going to uh, Brian's Bazaar. As we were sailing towards them, we, we killed the pirate and sent them to the ferry and we saw out in the distance uh towards like uh, i want to say it was crack and fall uh, a sloop starting to head in the direction to cut us off at brian's bazaar at this point i disconnect and i got a i got a hard error uh and when i got back into the game thank you by the way rare for putting in that rejoin feature because that actually made it a lot easier for me to join back in on the crew when i got back into the ship not only did we have very few cannonballs, but we were in the middle of a Kraken fight next to Galleon's Grave between uh, Galleon's Grave and Three Paces East Seapost. Uh, and this is insane because I, I, at this point, we're trying to kill tentacles with gunshots. Like it's so bad and we've been so fatigued in this whole endeavor. We still haven't sunk and we still haven't turned anything in. Uh, we we have only turned in the, the actual... Um, the actual reaper's chest at ancient spire because chateau grabbed it jumped off he's really sneaky about this by the way he's really sneaky about grabbing uh reaper's chests off the ship and then swimming them to the island without anyone knowing about it he doesn't say anything he just does it um so as as we're in this kraken fight we're killing tentacles off in the back of my mind i'm just like how come we're not getting slaughtered by the sloop that has had three new ships now at this point and an opportunity to get all of our treasure I don't. I still don't understand this. There were a lot of times where I was pretty cer pretty certain that this kraken was going to get us because there were a couple good slaps in, um, and one person uh, got sucked up, and another person was grabbing treasure, and we were trying to bail, and I was trying to repair mid deck so that we didn't get like if if the water got above bottom deck, then we would just be done for, uh, or a really well timed ballast ball from another ship. But we were in the north side of the wilds, and I was I was kind of worried about this this whole time. As soon as we killed the Kraken and we managed to get some loot on there, we turned around and we went and turned it all in. Um, and as we were turning it in over at Galleon's Grave, the sloop that had been trying to cut us off at Brian's Bazaar um, decided to start coming towards us. Now, we are still sitting there with Brian Bazaar's crates. Uh, we're, we're still planning on turning those in. But this sloop is sailing in towards us. And I'm thinking to myself, this would be a great opportunity to see how well this plan works. So I tell the guys, put the put the crates in the rowboat on the back of the ship. Drop the rowboat and scuttle the ship after we turn everything in. And we'll use the rowboat to row to Brian's Bazaar. And I, I thought 
what was going to happen was that the sloop would get to Galleon's grave, see everything gone, and go searching for us. But because it wasn't a reaper's chest, there was no way to mark us on the map. We were just sailing blindly uh, with a rowboat, all four of us just sitting in the rowboat. And all of our, I don't know where our pets went at this point, but all, all four of us are sitting in the rowboat. And um, I can't remember what happened to Blackheart, but he he died or was sent back to the to to the new ship. Um, I think I can't remember. Oh, I remember. We were sailing by Tri Rock Isle. We didn't know that we had a message in the bottle there, and three gunpowder skeletons were there waiting as he hopped off to get a second rowboat because we wanted to have um we wanted to have a contingency rowboat for our crates in case something happened. At least we would have another rowboat because we were we were sailing. We were rowing to Brian's Bazaar from Galleon's Grave, and he was just murdered brutally after that. And then shortly after that, we were still rowing towards Brian Bazaar and um, Calico goes AFK or something and he falls off the rowboat and he's just sitting there treading water and we're like waiting for him. Me and Chateau are looking at each other and then we're looking at Calico and we're trying to figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, Blackheart's gathering supplies on the on the new galleon trying to figure out what happened. And I'm all this time wondering, where is this sloop? And we finally we finally uh, leave Calico to to kind of drown. We, we basically we, we invoked pirate code at that point and said, if you get left behind, then then you get left behind. You know, if you, uh, the, or no, how's it go? Gosh, I'm butchering this. Uh, those that fall behind get left behind, and we just left without him, uh, thinking that the sloop was still chasing after us. But it, it, after a while, we started to think that by us scuttling the sloop that had been chasing after us for like the last hour and trying to get the better of us had given up and left the server because they couldn't be found now they should have come across galleon's grave pretty quickly because they weren't too far east of three paces seapost so we knew that by the time that they got over or by the time we got over to Tri-Rock Isle rowing, they could have sailed over to Galleon's Grave, but they never showed up. We never saw them again. And we're fairly certain that us scuttling was the indication of us surrendering and, and quitting out of the server. And the funny thing is, is we we just packed everything into the rowboat, killed the ship, and then they just left the server after that. And then I think uh, Chateau and I spent the next 15 or 20 minutes trying to row around the devil's, <laughs> trying to row in the devil's roar with a couple crates and one crew member is a very scary thing. Uh, we never got attacked by any volcanoes, thankfully, but man, when you're sailing or when you're rowing blind and thankfully we came across a couple islands and I shouted the names to uh, Blackheart who then looked on the map and gave us a better bearings on which way we had to go because, man, we were going pretty, pretty, pretty off after a while. But we managed to get to Brian's Bazaar. And even though they were late, we still managed to turn in those two crates. Uh, and I was really, I was, I was so happy about that because that was all I really wanted. I just wanted to get the better of the sloop that had managed to fight us uh, for so long. 
and the fact that they left the server after um after i had uh, or af- after we had scuttled uh was just a, a sign that you can outsmart people sometimes and that's when that works it's the best feeling in the world because i don't think at any point they ever expected us just to to grab what we had and actually leave um i actually think these guys were stream sniping i don't know how because i have the replace gamer tag option on but i had someone pop up in my discord server who or not my discord server in my twitch chat who actually said uh good job you know like gg and I don't know them and I don't think that they that they were watching everything but it was really weird to see a name that I had never seen before pop in and say hey GG and then just leave. So I don't know if they'd been stream sniping. I don't know how they would've been stream sniping, but if they were, I killed the stream just as kind of a precaution after we hit the cracking cuz at that point I was like, "All right, something's up these guys happen to know where we're going they knew we were going to brian's bazaar because they were on the ship and we were using invoice game comms so i understand that but i don't want to give them a leg up any more than we already have so i killed the stream uh and and uh, we did everything in the black and it worked out so well um maybe not as efficient as i wanted but man i had a good time we we even sailed around a little after that and still did some fun stuff uh had a good time with with those guys um i've been really looking forward to some of the weekends where i can actually sail with some of the keel hall crew in the discord server because we just have a really good time and it's so much fun to be able to uh play with other pirates who you talk to on a regular basis and because of my work schedule because I get a dollar more hour to work in the afternoons, I never, I never get to play with other people anymore. It's always, it's always me going home, playing uh, with a few people that are on till maybe like two in the morning. And then they usually go to bed because they have to be up in five hours for work uh, or to take their kids to school. And I feel bad because they're already pretty tired. And I'm just like, I'm wide awake because I'm not going to be going to bed for at least another three or four. And to try and go to bed early right after you get home from work is really, really hard when you have to stay awake at work all the time. So I don't know why I'm getting into this. That's really strange that I started jumping into that. So I, I don't I don't know why, but apologize. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, I got I, I wanted to to kind of share with you some of my fun stories. Um, to be perfectly honest, at this point, I'm not digging the rag and bone crate stuff. This event was definitely, it's, uh, having another two weeks of this is fine, but it's not my favorite. Um, I definitely think I enjoyed the, the gunpowder, uh, the stashes and the, the dark relics events a lot better than this one. But I also like that the, that the mechanic that they brought in with this, with you getting doubloons or gold, depending on whether or not it was on time or not. I think that's important. I think that's the thing that that is the good takeaway from this event that I want other people to 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 pay attention to, so that it actually is uh, utilized in the future for other events. Because I, I see I see a lot of possibility with that that way of uh, doing loot to 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 take advantage of us having dual currencies now. Um, I say that as I, and even as I say that, I realize we still have ancient coins. So that's three currencies uh, that we have in the game now. But um, that's going to do it, I think, for this episode. Uh, Pirates, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keelhauled. It means a lot to me. If you want to help support me, there are tons of ways to do it. Again, I twi- I stream on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. If you want to go on to Apple Podcasts, 
you can find the podcast in the leisure category and you just look under video games you'll you'll find kill halt search for sea of thieves i'm the only one that's still making these things uh for now or actually no i'm sorry there's the brethren of the court secluth rogue uh just started his podcast um telling stories of the community as well so um take a look out for for his podcast because he's starting that up he's a fan of kill halt and uh i i love when other people get inspired by something that i've created um to to have them do their own content creation too so if you're if you're looking for more sea of thieves stories out there uh to listen to check out the brethren of the court um they're going to be starting up with uh, their first episodes and getting going so help support more content creators in the sea of thieves communities uh not just streamers not just youtubers but give us audio guys a, a an opportunity to to please you as well um i don't know why i'm saying that to the people listening to this because you already are that's super redundant logan I can't even, I, uh, I'm not going to edit it out. I'm just going to leave that in. <laughs> ah, it's late. Um, it's not really that late. It's like 1120. It's not that bad for me. But anyway, Pirates, that's going to do it. If you want to get a hold of me, uh, other than the ways that I already mentioned, you can always reach me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can always message me on xbox open up your xbox find me at c-a-p-t-a-i-n-l-o-g-u-n that's my gamer tag feel free to look at my gamer score and snicker as you look at your gamer score and think man this guy doesn't play games it's because i don't have an xbox guys it's i don't have an xbox i i can't i can't play all the games i can only play what's ever on game pass and every time i open up game pass i'm like uh slay the spire We'll, we'll go with that for a little bit. And then I realize I'm really bad at Slay the Spire and I close it and I go back to I go back to Warcraft or I go back to Heroes of the Storm or Sea of Thieves. Um, other than the gamer tag, feel free to send me your stories. Guys, I want your stories. I want your stories. Send them over to me at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That's the show's uh, email address. Just let me know what your stories are. Tell me some of the fun stuff that you've come across in the world. Have you killed a shrouded ghost? Have you found a box of mysterious secrets? Do you have ideas about what's going to happen with a mysterious stranger uh, on I-13 with Stitcher Jim? Do you think Duke the, Duke the Dark Lord smells of old uh, Antonio Puke? Let me know. Um, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the game as well. If you have an idea, do you have an idea? I bet you've got an idea. Everyone's got ideas, and I bet your ideas are just as good as my ideas. So send me your ideas. I'll think about them. I'll think of what I would like from them, and then we'll talk about them on the podcast. Send me your information as well, too, so that I know who to reach out to uh, to thank and, and whatnot. And feel free to join the Discord server. Like I mentioned, a lot of good pirates on there, all very nice, all very willing to help everyone. There's plenty of people that like to go for uh, arena and adventure mode, um, plenty of ways to play the game, and a lot of pirates in the Sea of Thieves, or in the Keelhall Discord that like to uh, try those out all the time. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Pirates, thank you, I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.